seven pounds. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Guys, this is episode 110, 10 players to buy in week 10. And we like to do these episodes. I mean, we were telling you guys who to buy in the offseason. If you guys did that, you guys hit big. I mean, you hit on Hollywood, you hit on Pittman, you hit on ETN, you hit on all these guys that we, we put it out there. Right now, we're at that point, we're at week 10, right? So we, we really got to separate the men from the boys or the men, women from the girls. You know, we got to make sure we have a 2% listenership there now, John. I saw you agreeing. But like, we have to figure out right now, are we a contender or are we a pretender? Are we buying this way, you're buying that way? I mean, right now, that week's like 8 through 12 is when you can really make some monster deals that can really just echo across your your dynasty landscape and i'm excited to break this down we got the band back together mung's on john's on john how you doing tonight and uh you know like this this is just an awesome time of year for me because i'm gonna share all the guys that we're talking about trading i've literally made trades for almost any of them across the smash except leagues seven leagues i've seen 14 trades today alone like it has been a super active day yeah i i do love this time of year you could just feel everything ramping like things are getting a little bit more tense you're starting the pressure starting to mount if you're contending and you're trying to make these moves right now either for your playoff run or for your rebuild and so tonight we're going to throw out buys like you said for both and i gotta tell you like my dms are increasing people are coming at me more like hey what do you think about this move for my contender or hey i'm I'm really looking at these 23 rookies and i'm looking at both right now as you know first place in smash one dead last in smash five and that's where you if you're be. first you're last first or last right it's totally ricky that's bobby right. there yeah uh and mung i mean same thing i know you got you're always updating ranks and doing those things but i mean this is the time of year where it's like depending on you can really just make a good trade partner right if you are moving your way out of it you can improve somebody else and we talk about trade etiquette all the time and if you're moving you know into it i mean there's so many opportunities for trades you know week one through six we're all like in that grind mode we all think we can win now among this is just like a fun time and this is why we have so many trades on our plate and and just like i'm exuberant just like ready to talk about it yeah, and there, there's a lot of value to be made potentially in this time period during the season because you might have some six and three teams who are, you know, the number two seed right now on paper. But when you look at injuries that have hit them recently, their buys coming up, you really expect their picks to be a bit earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Or on the contrary, you know, you have teams that are two and seven who aren't doing too hot, but, you know, they've got players who are starting to heat up who might still make a playoff run. So those are the teams that you want to really try and evaluate as closely as you can to really try and project where their picks can end up and whether or not it's worth trading for them. Yeah, and this is one thing that, you know, I've been hearing a lot about trade etiquette in the Smash Except Patreon. And this is the time of year where, like, you don't want to come across so many people like, well, your team isn't, you know, you got no chance you should be buying these guys or you should be doing this and i just want to keep encouraging you guys every single trade opportunity is something that you can build on for future trades 
and it's also a way that you can, you know, adversely affect your trades going forward. You know, when you have that negative conversation, which I've seen in, in multiple leagues, that can really deter your next move. And then they're going to trade that got next that player to your opponent because of the way you're, you know, com- going about things. So uh, the first guy, I want to jump right into it because we got so many guys we want to talk about. The first guy was my second biggest running back buy in the offseason. Right now, he's done nothing but be the RB8 overall, you know, and, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, if you look from weeks three on, he has been RB8, 22, 14, 2, 5, 10, 9. My man's putting up 15 to 25 points a game, and it's been fantastic. He is on pace now for what we, we knew the receptions were going to be there, right? 66 receptions, 429 yards is what he's on pace for, but he's on pace for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is someone right now that I was buying in the offseason for a second-round pick, and now he's someone that I'm buying right now as well. And I, I think it is buying high, but at the same time, and John, you and I talked a lot about our rebuilds and our punts because Ramondre Stevenson was on all of them because he was that perfect right. build right. for that. And we talked about, is he worth a first or is he worth a second? And we, we made some trades in there. For me, I mean, I have Ramondre Stevenson right on the fringe of being a dynasty RB1 because of his age, because of his production. And I know we can talk about Bill Belichick, you know, and the things that he does. But, you know, it's it's Ram built built tough season. You know, he is like, he has been fantastic when he's been on the field. He has, since week two, you know, after that, he has been phenomenal. And I want to talk quick about a trade that I made today with Dynasty Zoltan. So he was... He, he really wants Amon Ross St. Brown off my team. My team has stud wide receivers. I mean, like, I am loaded at the wide receiver position. But I wanted to solidify, you know, my running backs. Or my So what I did was I gave him Amon Ross St. Brown. And he, he offered me. I wanted his 201 and Ramondre Stevenson. We ultimately settled on what now is the 205. Ramondre Stevenson and a 23 third. And then he gets Amon Ramp St. Brown and a 24 third. So the thirds, I just wanted to move up a little bit. You know, we talk about no matter what position you're in this time of year, just get that little bit extra. Sometimes you can do that just to move forward. And basically, the way I'm looking at it is Amon Ross St. Brown had two really great weeks, right? And he has struggled since. Ron Jerry Stevenson has done nothing but ball out. And I think he's young enough that this is a, a move that could you know, put myself where I could have went out there and tried to buy one of the older running backs, but I think Stevenson is a guy that is going to be primed for not just this year, but next year, John. Oh, definitely. I think he's, he's really the perfect example right now that you can use on a contender, especially with Damian Harris out and new England wanting to run the ball. And he's great for rebuilds. Like you said, we had him on just about every punt and rebuild. I ended up moving him for what appears to be like a really early second, and I may have settled there, but I'm trying to get potential points off my team. And I see mm-hmm. that Ramondre is balling out here. So that was my only concern at the time. I didn't want to risk getting Bijan. But I really love him for both. And I think it's a great trade that you made. And, Mung, I know the, the biggest criticism in the past has been the, you know, the New England running backs and what's Belichick going to do. And right now, I mean, Stevenson and, and McCaffrey are the only guys with 500-plus yards and 200-plus receiving yards. I mean, he is someone that looks to be a staple of that offense. Um Damian Harris on the flip side, I tried to get him thrown in the deal, right? Because Damian Harris is a free agent next year. Damian Harris, you know, you want to have a guy. He, in the playoffs last year, 
stepped up big. You know, he was a solid RB2 the entire time. Um, how do you see things shaking out there? And, and talk to me a little bit about the trade. Yeah, in your instance, I think I actually prefer the Amon Ross St. Brown side. Um, for me, it's a. I know that Stevenson's been really good the last few weeks, but when you look at the snap share uh, with and without Damian Harris, I think it's pretty clear that Stevenson is the more talented back in that backfield at this point and that he should be the 1A going forward. But at the same time, he's been super lucky with the receiving touchdowns. Uh, and then the other worry is that when Harris was back against the Jets a couple weeks ago, it really turned into more of a 60-40 split um, with Stevenson still getting the 60. So I think this is still a committee going forward once Harris is back healthy. I know he's been in and out with an ankle injury and then the illness. Um, but in general, personally, I would still take uh, a first-round pick over Stevenson. Um, for rest-of-season production, I I'm not quite sure that he's going to be that top-12 running back that he has been when Harris has been out. He has he only has one receiving touchdown that came this past week. The receptions have been there, but like that's that's the biggest thing that I'm looking at is like you are still at least for that particular team. I mean, I, I have Austin Eckler, I have Joe Mixon, I have Derrick Henry, so he's a, a luxury flex play that I think gives you that upside. And I'm not, you know, that's one where some people are really high on Amon Ross St. Brown, and we've we've gone back and forth on that. Uh, John or John or Mung, who's a running back that you guys are buying right now? Because I feel like right now the way to really separate yourself, there are running backs out there that are cheap, and we've been talking about them in the last couple of weeks. Some of those guys that you can go out there and can solidify your team, or maybe even a veteran that you can go up and pay top dollar, but you know they're going to win you a championship. Yeah, I'll throw out one for rebuild and one for contender. Um, starting with the contender um I, i've talked so much about derrick henry i still think you could get derrick henry for relatively cheap he's the number two running back on points per game on average and still balling um, by the way uh, his playoff schedule looks pretty nice he starts with the 30th ranked la chargers and the dead last Houston Texans in weeks 15 and 16. Unfortunately, as Dallas in week 17, but just keep that in mind for those first couple weeks of the playoffs. But moving on, um, Corderell Patterson for me still can be had for very cheap. And what we were concerned about with him was, is he going to kind of fizzle out towards the end of the season? He's an older back, no question. But actually, it's been in four weeks on IR. may have actually helped him kind of come back with fresh legs, and he may actually be able to kind of keep it going here. I mean, if you watch the game, he was he was looking great. Yeah, he, he was a huge part of the offense. They run the ball more than anyone in the NFL right now. Committed to that. He just trucked a guy on one of his rushing touchdowns. Go look that one up. I'll have to post it. But he's looking great. Why not? Why not go pick him up for cheap? And so that, what yeah. I I've tried on all my contenders, I have offered a okay. pair of thirds, and that's okay. not getting it done. Everybody yeah. wants that. No one's paying a twenty-three-two, but it feels like everybody wants that's a what twenty-four-two. And is a 24-2 yeah. worth it for you? I, I think mm -hmm. yes. You I know, think so for a contender. Especially if you're a contender, you yeah. know, you go out there and you throw a 24-second that, that's potentially going to be late, you know, and I, yeah. I think that's kind of that that territory right. where I think mm -hmm. he is a great buy for that. Uh, yeah. Mung, who's one of those running backs that you're going out there and just kicking the tires trying to make an attempt to go out there and buy someone? Yeah, I'll definitely uh, second John's uh, suggestion of Cordell Patterson, especially because of how run-heavy that Falcons offense has been and will continue to be with Arthur Smith. 
Um, I, I would go out and buy Eli Mitchell, who's kind of a forgotten about name ever since he got hurt in week one. And, uh, you know, you can get him as a throw-in right now. You can probably get him for a third-round rookie pick in a lot of leagues. Um, I recently acquired Jacoby Myers and Eli Mitchell for a 2024 second. Well, I so love that. he's a guy where, you yeah, know, nice. again, obviously Christian McCaffrey is the guy in San Francisco. They traded a lot to get him, um, and it's going to be super fun to watch McCaffrey. Uh, but knock on wood, you know, he's had a long injury history. There's a reason people were nervous about drafting him in redraft. Uh, early in the first round this preseason. And for me, you know, Mitchell coming off by R, if McCaffrey were to miss any time at all, Mitchell steps into a potential top 15, top 10 running back production. Uh, we know that he's done it in the past, last year as a rookie when there was nobody else there. And they traded away Jeff Wilson. So they're comfortable with the running backs they have on the roster. And I, I expect Mitchell to get some work, even with McCaffrey healthy, and to be the clear lead. Uh, if McCaffrey were to miss any time. Dude, I absolutely love that cuz I mean we we've been saying where you want that guy behind Christian McCaffrey and you know you next man up, yeah. The next man up. And I'm glad that you brought up Jeff Wilson because I want to Jeff Wilson, you know, we, coaching staff in Miami from San Francisco, they're like let's go get Jeff Wilson. You know, Jeff Wilson jumps in and week 1 nine carries, 51 yards, that's almost 6 yards per carry, three receptions, 21 yards and a touchdown. And guys, Jeff Wilson, over the last 17 games, you know, <laughs> we're looking at, in his career, 200 carries, 975 yards, 12 touchdowns, 203 receiving yards. I mean, Jeff Wilson is that guy every single year, week 15, he feels like he just finds his way into a starting role. I have made three purchases this week for a 24-third that's going to be late. I think, you know, the only other guy there right now is Mostert. You know, and I think we've most of it is somehow on borrowed time. Jeff Wilson could be that guy that just could be an RB two for literally no cost at all. You know, and I think you can get him thrown in trades. You can give up a twenty four third. You know, you there, there's no if you are not a contender, Jeff Wilson is one of those guys where you're like, I don't really need him on my roster, right? But if you are in a contending mode, I mean, mo, you you can't overlook the fact that what he's done. When he gets an opportunity, he has just nine times out of ten he goes out there and he gets it done. Yeah, Raheem Mostert's like this this guy again. I can't get away from Jeff Wilson. He's yeah following me around the league. But to your point, Mike McDaniel's knows exactly what he's getting coming from San Francisco. He knows the system. He can plug this guy in. And Raheem Mostert hasn't exactly been a bill of health. So I do like that one as well um and if you can get him for 24 third man i i I like that one for the stretch run you want to give yourself options at running back it's key key you want to have those wide receivers solidified and then just get those get those wild cards we keep talking about that all those lottery tickets they're sitting that's right you know i mean powerball sitting at 2.2.3 billion now but i mean you know jeff wilson isn't quite worth that but i think you want those lottery tickets and i was looking at next gen stats i mean jeff wilson is tied for seventh among all running backs this season with a plus 119 rushing yards over expected. I mean, like in his career, 30% of his touches have produced first downs. He just is a good football player, right? Like there's nothing flashy about him. He just gets it done. 24 third, go out there and get him on your contender. Someone that's going to cost you more and that I absolutely love. And I know this, it was hot take several months ago. It's hot take still. Travis Etienne has been balling out 
right? I mean, he has looked fantastic. He is an RB1 right now. I mean, over the last three weeks, RB2 in expected fantasy points, RB5 in opportunity share, RB3 in rushing share, RB4 in half point PPR. I mean, he is someone that I think, given the dynasty landscape right now, there's a lot of guys in the Patreon there saying, you know, they're making deals where they're getting ETN in a second for Jonathan Taylor. And I'm for it. I mean, I know that sounds crazy three months ago, right? I mean, if you would have said that, people would have just been like, no, absolutely not. But since James Robinson was traded, we're looking at the snap share went from 47% to now it's at 80%, you know, and he was those three weeks. He's been RB8, RB7, RB3 against tougher opponents, you know, in, in the Giants, in Denver. Both of those are, you know, teams that have not given up crazy amounts of, of points to the running back position. And he's about to blow up, right? Like he has 11 receptions for 93 scoreless yards over his combined last couple of weeks. He's been doing it all on the ground. I mean, if you look, he has 114, 156, 109, and four touchdowns over that time. But the receptions haven't been there. And we know that is a, that is a big part of his game. I think, Travis Etienne, I'm, I'm still willing to buy on the high. You know, and I did make a trade this week. Again, Trying to just like, we don't just say things like when we're saying who this is who we're buying, this is what we're doing. Literally, we're sharing what we do, you know. And I know you guys are the exact same way. Uh, the deal that I was able to get done last week was I traded Antonio Gibson and a late 23 first for ETN in a third, and it was the last piece of the puzzle. Again, I have Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, I have Tyreek Hill, I have Diggs. Eckler, Mixon, you know, like this is that final flex piece where for me, Gibson is just an added value. I'm using Antonio Gibson to just improve a player somewhere because I hate saying it, but it's like almost RIP Antonio Gibson time. And I think Travis Etienne is going to win you leagues this year. Somebody yell at me. Somebody bring me back down to earth. Yeah, I have no issue with that. I have him in my latest update for the Dynasty rankings. I have him at RB3, um, just above Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Kenneth Walker. So he's in that tier where, you know, when they're healthy, these guys seem to be the clear workhorses for their teams. And, uh, yeah, it, I mean, like you said, 80% snap share since James Robinson was traded away. Clearly, uh, Jacksonville staff trusts him and Trevor Lawrence trusts him and there are very few workhorses at this point in the NFL. And if you have one of them, it's a huge advantage in fantasy every single week. See, I love that. Cause I was like, <laughs> I thought I was going real hot takey by saying by the end of the year, it'll be the RB two, you know, and I think it's going to be Saquon and, and ETN. I, I, I like the coaching change potentially for Jonathan Taylor. I like him having, but I, I'm just a little bit worried about, you know, there, there's so much talk in the Patreon. I've seen five or six trades done this exact same way. And, Another just plug for that because guys in there are making trades, we're seeing it, and then all of a sudden it's a copycat. Everybody's like, yo, Nerd Boy got this trade done, or John got this trade done, or Mung got this trade. And then we go to our other leagues and try to do the same thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just been a, a great soundboard to try to think about thought processes and stuff like that. And I think Travis Etienne is just that guy that's going to win you leagues. Yeah, I, I like, definitely like the Gibson and 23 first trade better than the, the JT one. But I think both you could definitely justify the value. Now, really the preferable way to get this guy was 
back when you were saying to grab him in the right. offseason. Now he's kind of a buy high type scenario, but still, I, I do like it. I will say this. I looked at his playoff schedule. It's a little challenging. He's got Dallas there in week 15, but if you've got a buy, you're getting the Jets in week 16. Here's where it gets nice, though. If you can make it to the final in week 17, Houston dead last against the run. Yeah. So that could be a, a league winner right there. I was going to throw in a couple of um, other running back buys that I have just to sprinkle these in for the listeners on a rebuild. Yeah, let's I really, do it. yeah, I like Rashad White. Love that. Bro- yeah, I really Love like that, that one. Um, Khalil Herbert and Zamir White were the other guys I was going to throw in, but keen in on Rashad White. This is like buy this guy before he blows. I'm just looking at Tampa Bay and where they're going as a franchise. It, it, I think it's fairly obvious to, Tom Brady's going to move on, or at least he should. They might actually push him out this time. And Leonard Fournette, he's kind of on a cheap contract. He could stay, but really, if you're in rebuild mode as a franchise, maybe they draft or go get another quarterback. You could see them really just move into Rashad White. And there's even rumors that he might even pass up Leonard Fournette this year. Like some beat writers are already talking about it. So you want to make these moves before that happens. I'm not saying it's going to happen down the stretch of this season, but next season you could convince yourself. And he's actually looked pretty good this year. Um, certainly the pass catching role, he's he's really picked up well. But, you know, his, his pass blocking and running between the tackles have also looked good. And mm-hmm. he's even scored. So I, I like the trajectory of that that guy well, and, and I think low. I'm willing to go out there and pay a 23 second for him. Yeah, I think because so. I feel like you have a win-win scenario of maybe he's the starter next year because they're not going to be drafting another running back potentially with how mm-hmm. the capital they put in him or Leonard Fournette goes down and there is a definite scenario here where given the fact yeah. that he plays Arizona and Carolina in, in the playoffs that I think if he takes over, he's an RB two. look out. You know, he's a yeah. guy that's, has RB1 upside and he has those pass catching abilities. We've seen it like in the in the KC game, five for five on his targets for receptions, 50 yards. You know, he's a guy that can go out there and, and put up some some major points. So I, I like that a lot. Um, and, and Zamir White. I mean, we're, we're, we preach it all the time. It's go get that next guy. You know, we've been talking about Herbert. You've been able to get him in the offseason because we were talking about that. There's always that next guy up, and that's where you want to just exactly. fill that bench with that because – Last year, and I, I know it's a cautionary tale, but like I was stacking teams up and I lost to a guy in the championship because he threw Rashad Penny. He threw, mm-hmm. uh, who else? Chuba, I think, was, was down the stretch. Dante um, Foreman, Deontay maybe. Foreman, you know, like all these guys. Jeff Wilson's in that mix. Like there's these guys that just, they get their opportunity in week 15, 16, 17, they can really pay off big dividends. Mung, is there any other running backs you'd like to touch on before we move on to the next position? Yeah, almost a, <clears throat> almost a cheaper version of Rashad White uh, for me is Michael Carter because not only does he have a similar receiving role uh, with the Jets, but he could just hold on to that lead position. Um, even with the trade for James Robinson, Robinson hasn't been particularly efficient this year. That might have been more of a depth move than anything else. And Carter's been pretty good, both as a rookie last year before they drafted Hall And since Hall's injury, I mean, they're still using him quite a bit. And again, if Robinson were to miss any time, Carter could easily become a near workhorse like he was towards the end of last season when he was a rookie. I like it. Um, The next one I want to talk about, I want to go to the the wide receiver position here a little bit. 
Um, there's two guys I made a trade today, and you know, like I'm in so many smash trades, smash leagues that I thought it was an, another league, but I, I just rolled with it. But we, um, uh, Jared Selbridi and I flip flopped Brandon Ayuk and Jerry Judy, you know, and I think both of these guys are guys that I am buying. I think both of them right now, Jerry Judy has had back to back wide receiver two weeks. And if you look at the schedule, and I, I know we want to, like, it's cringe to talk about Russell Wilson, you know, but if you look at the schedule, as far as what Jerry Judy has going down the stretch, he has been, you know, back-to-back wide receiver two weeks. Now we get, look at their schedule, and if you look at it, and I love Sleeper HQ, they have literally put it out there where you can see the ranks each week, you can see what they do. Guys, if you look at it, they're on, they were on by last week. And I love seeing the, the 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 breakdown in colors. It's straight green. It is straight green the entire way down. You know, and that that means we're looking at top ten, you know, potential scoring from the wide receiver position. And he gets Tennessee and Las Vegas and Carolina, Baltimore, KC, Arizona. You know, I think the ceiling is there for Jerry Judy to finish out strong. Whether you want to go Judy or, or Sutton, I think the real question is, and I saw some people talking about Russell Wilson, you know, and possibly buying in there. But I'm I'm buying Judy, but I saw a Russell Wilson trade that I got to talk over with you guys. This happened in Smash Except 4, so if you guys are ready for that. Dino Fisherman gets Russell Wilson and Damian Pierce and Melvin Gordon. And Dollar Will gets Geno Smith, Jamal Williams, and Tony Pollard. To me, this just screams that Russell Wilson is really, really cheap. You know, and I, I, I know it hasn't been pretty, but... What do you guys want to break this one down for me a little bit? And I, I, we don't, I, I've been wanting Jerry Judy to break out. You know, you guys have known I've been wanting that for the longest time. And I feel like we're on the cusp here if we can get some solid play from Russell Wilson. Go ahead. What do you think, Mon? Yeah, give me the players one more time. It's Russell Wilson, Damian Pierce, and Melvin Gordon. The other side is Geno Smith, Jamal Williams, and Tony Pollard. Ooh, that one is tough. Um, I think, honestly, rest of season, I prefer Geno Smith slightly over Russell Wilson for fantasy purposes. Yeah. But uh, I definitely still want Pierce. Um, overall, I think it's a pretty fair deal in general. But uh, Well, Geno Smith is a great point because you can still get Geno Smith for a 24-second. And right now he is the QB7. And I think he is that prototypical guy, right, where you might have – two QB1s, but if you can get him for a 24-second, that's somebody you can throw in potentially. to. He's been he's had several QB1 weeks. I mean, he's there where he's been top five a couple of weeks. I think Geno is a great buy low. It's it's a temporary thing. You know, he's probably going to get replaced. But if they keep winning, who yeah, knows? Yeah, that's, you know? that's what I was going to say. Like, um, So you kind of stole my thunder on this one, but Gino is definitely my contender by QB. Yeah, 7-8 on the season, depending on settings. And they just keep kind of finding a way to win. And they're, they're dropped all the way down the draft order for next year. And so mm-hmm. are you are you going to kind of roll the dice with uh, maybe a QB that's still available later in the first round or, or wait around and address other – types of positions on that team and he might just convince the management there to continue going with them and build around them i mean he's looked great with kenneth walker he still has dk and lockett yeah and, and there's other this, things 
mm-hmm. in that lineup that are more necessary. You know, there are yeah. other things there in Seattle, and we know that you know Pete Carroll likes to win. You know, and he, yeah. he we're probably not investing in an early round quarterback because they're they've been playing solid. You know, so I think right. that's exactly. a great great buy. And I think would you pay a twenty three second? I mean, you're our guy. Where mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're our guy when it comes to the 23 class. And I, I, you, if you guys haven't seen John's threads, they've been straight fire. He's got the background there of his 23 guys. You know, he might change his name to to something catchy with 23 in here. Yeah. But are you willing to pay a 23 second? Let's call it mid. Okay, I think I consider it. Um, if you're if you're a contender, now's the time to start using your picks. And yeah, you always want to keep keep the picks that are gaining in value to continue to build your team. But if you need a QB, I'm okay moving a 23 second mid. And one of the reasons I feel that way is you're probably not going to get a really strong starter caliber QB at that point in the, in the rookie draft next year, they're going to be off the board. Most likely you're certainly not having any chance at Bryce young or CJ Stroud, even in a one QB rookie draft, those guys are probably off the board by then. So you're, you're looking at this next wave of QBs, Hendon Hooker or Will Levis or one of these guys. And even by then in, in Superflex drafts, if those guys get drafted in the first round, they're probably off the board. Even if they're not, they really haven't shown a whole lot yet to convince me that they're going to, like I said, be starters in the NFL. So you're not really missing out. By moving that 23 second, you're not really missing out on a good chance to get a better QB in Superflex. It's one of the reasons why I'd be okay making that move as a contender. And again, like I'm looking at Gino's playoff schedule. He's got San Francisco 10th against QBs, but then he gets KC in this in the second round, 28th against the pass and QBs, and then he gets the Jets. So kind of a mixed bag there, but decent options for him in the playoffs as well. And the other guy in that trade that I was talking about, and I'm okay going out there, he seems to be criminally undervalued in the dynasty community. He has been a wide receiver too repeatedly. And since the Christian McCaffrey trade, he's been wide receiver four, wide receiver 18, wide receiver 11. So, I mean, we're looking at he has been peppered. And I think, yeah. I mean, obviously, Debo's been out. Debo's, yeah, know? that's right. But on the season, you got to you gotta look at, I mean, Brandon Ayuk is the wide receiver 21. But I think given the fact that he's 24 years old, he's on a, you know, an offense that's going to score a lot of points, I'm okay going out there and buying him. I mean, I'm not paying a first, but I think you can get him for a second and a little bit of add-on there, you know, and I think – Brandon Ayuk is someone I like buying a guy that's 24 years old with that second round pick. So I don't necessarily have to, you know, go all in with a guy that, you know, an Adam Thielen type or a, a guy that's, you know, a little bit less longevity here in in their career. Uh, Mung, what are some wide receivers that you're going out there and, and buying? I mean, right now is the time that, you know, we want, we talked about getting those lottery tickets for your running back position, but your wide receiver position, you want to solidify it, right? You want to say, these are my two or three wide receivers that I'm going to start every week. And then I got to have some other guys to mix in there, but you want to have that solid because you don't want to have a whole roster full of wide receivers of who's going to hit this week. Who's going to hit next week. Who's that guy. So tell me about a couple of wide receivers that you're looking at. Yeah, well, sticking with the uh, the injury theme with Eli Mitchell, who's been on IR, uh, I'll go with Marquise Brown, um, who before DeAndre Hopkins, when he was suspended, Marquise Brown, when he was healthy over the first five games, he was the wide receiver seven in PPR points per game, um, just an, on an absolute tear. 
And I know that Hopkins coming back is going to worry some people about the potential target volume. But with Arizona being, you know, the fastest pace of any team in the NFL, I think there's going to be plenty of targets to go around for both of these guys. So for me, I like Marquise Brown a lot, who probably will cost you, what, probably a late first in a lot of leagues, um, probably get him fairly cheap. And then if you well, really want to go... I don't even think go he's ahead. going to cost you a 23 first. I think you can get him for a 24 first is what it's I've been bad. seeing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been seeing that everywhere where it's like you, so everybody wants to win so bad that that's – and it's a, that's a great point because we've been talking about him, especially on your rebuild teams. He's a great guy there. And I know Kyler has looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks. I mean, that's, that's that's been an interesting scenario. And I, I know we had that a little bit later on the docket, but I mean – Kyler Murray, I know, is someone that you're interested in buying as well. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes with the theme, right? Because Kyler Murray, like you said, has been playing better. And even though there's still a lot of issues with that Arizona team and penalties have just been absolutely killing them, uh, imagine what you can do once you have Brown and Hopkins, right? And then you've got Rondell Moore in the slot. That's really just going to open up the offense a whole lot more for Kyler Murray. And even though people are talking like he's been a disappointment this year, he's quietly been the QB six in fantasy points per game on the year. So it's not mm-hmm. like he's been bad. I think people just had such high expectations for him uh, among that top tier of quarterbacks that they're disappointed in what's been actually a very good season so far. Well, and I think we do that a lot, right? We like it almost like the post hype sleeper. You believe in a guy so much that you want to, you want them to be a top two and if they're not you know you, you move them back into that area mm-hmm. um it's we're just going to keep vibing with this but i'm buying yeah. and this is going to sound crazy because now we're, we're at a spot where the price is has gone up but justin fields i think is going to move himself into that same area as kyler murray by the time the season is over i mean i have just been blown away by how good he's played and i know he's running for his life sometimes and we're getting things there but, I mean, he's the QB8 right now, and I think I would, and this might sound crazy, but I would rather have Fields in a second over Kyler right now. I am, I'm just worried about Kyler Murray with all the blow-ups on the sidelines side and, and things like that, where Fields is just running mad right now. I mean, since, since we look at, he has been the QB1 over the last five weeks, and over that time, he has ran for at least 50 yards in every single game. This past week, almost breaking the record with 178 yards. He scored in almost every single game uh, on the ground. He's, the last two weeks, five touchdowns, no interceptions. And we were talking about it before where it was like, you know, you had Lance, you had Fields, and you had Lawrence, and no one's really asserted themselves right now. But Justin Fields has to be moving up your dynasty rankings. I mean, he just has to be. And I'm, I'm always trying to get ahead of that curve, and I've been trying to buy him where it was like, hey, can I give up Kyler plus and move back? Or, I'm sorry, can I get Fields plus for Kyler? And I'm, I've am i seen it, and we just had a trade in one of our leagues. But am I crazy for saying that too, right? This is that time of year where you're like, you're trying to add that value. You're trying to get things in there. If I'm a contender, I can't, I, I'm, I'm right on the fence there because he has been literally that good for five straight weeks. And he has a really good schedule. I mean, week 17, he plays Detroit. Like, that is the ultimate game that you want, right? I mean, that's he has Detroit coming up this week. He has Detroit coming up week 17. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely worth looking at. I definitely think the time 
to buy was a few weeks back on the Correct. dip. I actually did pick up a share too. So now you're having to pay quite a bit more after he blows up. And I have to disagree with Mike McDaniel, who told him to stop scrambling on the on the sideline. If you saw this interaction with yeah. against Miami, I'm like, no, 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 keep scrambling because you're just piling up the points. My goodness gracious. It's uh, incredible to kind of watch him develop like that. I think you could make a statement now that he is worth the most out of anyone in the 21 QB class, and that includes Trevor Lawrence because of his scrambling and, and rushing capability. And I think there's every reason to believe that Chicago is going to invest more around him in the upcoming draft. They have you know a couple of higher picks. Imagine that they get one of his teammates like GS, JSN, um, and give him another weapon or two to throw to. That could be pretty exciting. So I definitely think um, it, it's worth kind of buying a little bit on the higher side. I like those moves that you mentioned. What do you think, Mom? Yeah, and I think the problem is people were overreacting, right, during For sure. the early part of the mm-hmm. season because yeah. in my latest update, which is, you know, what is it, early November now? This year's flown by. Um, I, have, I have fields at QB10 in Dynasty. Okay. Uh, I could see an argument for him as high as QB six or seven, but in my November or in my October update, uh, Fields was let's see, he was QB fourteen, so he hadn't moved down mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and in August preseason, even though we knew that the Bears' offense was not going to be good, and, and that, but at the same time, we knew about his rushing potential. I had Fields at QB thirteen, so he never mm-hmm. should have moved down that much just from the early few games where they were super run heavy because we knew the ceiling was there. Um, So yeah, if you bought during that dip, then congratulations because his valley never should have dipped that much. Yeah, right on. I think a lot of people are saying, comparing it to a Jalen Hurts type thing, you know, where he's starting to understand it year two and he's got that running thing there where you could be looking at a guy year three adding some weapons, maybe adding to the offensive line. That offensive line is disgusting. But you might be looking at a similar type situation, and I would always rather buy high and a guy hit like that where you can get a little bit added on and see where you're at You know, when it comes to quarterbacks. Speaking of which, a trade just got done in one of my leagues, and it's like uh, Jacob Saunders got Justin Fields in a late 23 first for Jamar Chase and Jahan Dotson. So I mean that is that is that is some big big money when you're talking about Jamar Chase. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say with that. I will look up where that first is right now cuz this literally just happened, you know, a little bit right before the podcast and I was like still trying to digest it. But we're looking at Jamar Chase and a 23 first or Justin Field. I'm sorry, Justin Fields and a 23 first or Jamar Chase and Jahan Dotson. Uh we'll start with you, John. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm actually not quite that high on Justin Fields. Yeah, I would be. I think it's really interesting to see someone pay with, you know, one of the top positional players in all of Dynasty, along with Johan Dotson, who is actually on my list of buys for rebuilds because he's been kind of out of sight, out mm-hmm. of mind. He, he's he's, the he's still okay. The one ten so on late, on yeah. the on the chase. Excuse me, on the field side, Fields yep. in, a, in the one ten. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting after the, the performances we just saw with Fields, he's definitely worth a lot more in terms of market value now, but to me, not that much. Chase is still going to go ahead of this guy in startups, mm-hmm. uh, in, in my opinion. And I think you well, can make an argument that Johan Dotson is kind of in that same range as the 
late the late first early second range yeah and Dotson's cheap I can't yeah, you know, I'd go get him. Too cheap. He he started out really well. Uh, Mung, we were talking about, I mean, like I was saying, I think he ascends into that second tier, maybe QB 7, 6, 7 by the time this season's over. And we know that that's kind of in that same area where where Chase was going this year. I mean, is this a, a scenario where you're, you're buying high on fields and it might pan out and then john you were talking about you know at that 110 area you're looking at a wide receiver maybe what addison or something in that range you know there's some nice wide receiver maybe not that good but that that's an interesting area yep. Mung, talk to me a little bit about this trade because i've had a lot of people talking about chase last week we were talking about that trade trade where it was wilson and two firsts and i've had two or three people you reach out and say hey is that really is that what you want to do you know what what are we doing here with jamar chase I like it a lot. Um, right now in Superflex, we're really seeing this season that it, it's the haves and have-nots at, at quarterback, right? Because really there are a lot of veteran quarterbacks that have declined significantly, and there are a lot of younger quarterbacks that just aren't looking particularly good or at least not productive in fantasy. So right now, if you look at my rankings, I'm in Superflex formats. In Dynasty, I have Jamar Chase ranked 12th overall, and I have mm-hmm. Justin Fields ranked 16th overall. So I like this oh, wow. trade a lot. Um, because like I said, if Fields just continues to run, even if he's not the best passer yet, uh, even though they're starting to add some weapons, uh, I could easily see him ascending into that Burrow-Watson tier, which I have slightly above Chase. So I think this is getting ahead of the curve of what we're expecting Fields' market value to be, uh, you know, four, okay. six weeks down the line, if he continues putting up top 10 um, production based on his rushing. So, yeah, I like this trade a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely going ahead and it's, it's predictive, yeah. you know. And right. if he does get into that that tier, in that second tier, um, we're at an area where it's like you just got, I would take a 23 first, even a late one over Dotson. But, you know, I, I think it's a fun trade. Definitely worth something going out there and kicking the tires. Um, a wide receiver that I'm interested in right now and – a lot of people, he just has a negative connotation just because of what he's done in the past. But Christian Kirk is quietly the wide receiver 10 right now. you know, And I think he's had a lot of up and down games. But Christian Kirk is someone that you can still buy for a 23 second. You might be able to do a 24 second and a DJ Chark or someone that's like you're just throwing in a guy that's on IR or, or doing something in that particular manner. But I mean, he's had some really nice games. And like I said, I mean, you're looking at, he has had 21 this past week against Las Vegas. And when Trevor Lawrence looks good, Christian Kirk has put up some solid numbers and I'm buying him cheap. I have no problem with that as well, as well of like, he's my wide receiver four and I can kind of throw him in. Yeah. John just threw up in his mouth. Yeah, no, I like he's I mean, he I think he's kind of like a pretty safe wide receiver too every week and they paid this guy. So they're they're gonna utilize yeah. him and Jacksonville's often playing from behind and he's just kind of the guy that's constantly underrated, almost like a Brandon Cooks type of player yep. that you could buy always cheaper than he's uh, actually producing, right? Dude, that's that's such what you a want. Great comparison there because it's like I don't ever see a scenario where Christian Kirk's worth a first, no matter yeah. what. Well, and right. you, we mentioned Jacoby Myers earlier, another great example of outproduces the perceived market value. So mm-hmm. those, are, those are good buys. Wide receiver threes. Just yeah, if you can get play up flex, wide receiver threes, 
I definitely like those. Um, I, you know, on the, on the rebuild side, um, there's a couple other guys that I think are still pretty cheap. I like Wandale Robinson. Love that. Um, yeah, he he's good. Yeah, he really has. And, you know, they shipped out um, Kadarius Tony. They might actually continue to upgrade the offense, might even get a new QB next year. So that's another one. Uh, and then I hope I'm not stealing anything from Mong on the, the injury theme. But, man, it's still still fly, Jamison Williams. And I think this guy is just – I know I think we talk about him nearly every week, but it's still a good time to buy Jamison Williams. <laughs> Go do it. You could do a 24 first and you're going to get him. Oh, my gosh, do He's it. He's not going to cost heartbeat. you a 23 first. I, I think the – I've been selling my Amon Ra St. Brown shares and I've been trying to get Jamison Williams. And I think there's almost a scenario where you could get Jamison and a 24 first for Amon Ra St. Brown in some instances. Oh, my gosh. Like, like wow. I've I've seen similar trades in there. You might have to throw in a little bit more, and that just that just blows my mind because I feel like that is just way too cheap. Uh, Mung, any other wide receivers? I mean, I know I wanted to talk about a guy, but I mean, you have to look at the Cleveland offense, right? Deshaun Watson is coming back. Thank next you. Week, okay, next yes. week. So one, people are not high enough on Deshaun Watson because I'm seeing people say, well, it's been too long. He's outside my top 10. He should be a top five to eight dynasty quarterback. But what happens to the rest of that offense is what I'm really excited to see. Yeah. Uh, by by everyone on Cleveland, right? Yeah, uh, not, exactly. And because even it doesn't matter, they've been good even with um, Jacoby Brissett. And so at the very least, we have a baseline for them if Watson were to get hurt or whatever reason, um, you know, suspended even more. Uh, but honestly, they've been producing even without Watson. So you're mm-hmm. expecting at the very least similar production. And on the high end, if he can return to form after a couple of weeks, um, you know, Amari Cooper's already been wide receiver 13 in PPR points per game. Joku tight end eight in PPR points per game. So you're getting, you know, top 10 options pretty much with potentially top five upside. I literally three minutes ago just <laughs> traded for David Njoku. I apologize for looking down and being rude, but I traded in, in Smash 5 a yeah. 25 first for David Njoku and Tom Brady. Now I get mm-hmm. my QB3 with Tom Brady, and I think David Njoku, right now, he is the, like you said, the tight end eight, even after missing a game. And that's not points per game. That's like overall. Right now, the tight end landscape, I want Kelsey. I want Andrews. I want Goddard or I want Njoku. Those are those are those guys that I have on all my teams. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just excited. I know 25 first. I might not even be alive in 2025. You know what I mean? The way things are going. No, but I mean like David Njoku. I like Njoku, that trade, by the way. What's that? Yeah, I like that trade because the guy you traded with, I have his You have his first, first, I know. His potential points are just going to be <laughs> Yo, dropping every week. Thank help you. me yeah, help you. You know, we got man, this here. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love that. I, if you're doing yeah. a punt, and I know, guys, if you don't, I mean, John has been like reinvigorated with the, with totally. this so much after doing a punt. If you guys haven't done them, if you can do them again in the offseason for 2024, because I think it's going to be a similar outcome. Yeah. But it's like mm-hmm. each week I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, where are my first going? You know, like these things are looking sexier and sexier and that 23 so class fun. all the time just keeps looking better. But yeah, David and Joku and Amari Cooper are both yeah. not valued as if they are getting a huge upgrade at quarterback. 
Yeah, I feel you know, like they have done well, like... and now you get Deshaun Watson. It's like well, it can't go worse. You know, like right. it can't. There might be a little bit of, of bumps in the road for Week One and Week Two from them coming back, but I mean, I think both these guys are huge buys, and I think over the next couple of weeks, you know, they get my they get. Tampa Bay, they get Houston. You know, they have, they have a couple opportunities here in some some big shootouts where I think they're going to have to pass the ball a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say, if this Cleveland conversation was a Twitter thread, I'd post the Michael Scott gif of him slamming the table. Thank you. <laughs> like, these guys are so cheap for with Deshaun Watson coming back. People haven't thought it through. And I looked it up, too, for the playoffs. Amari gets Baltimore 21st, New Orleans 20th, and then Washington in the championship 30th ranked against wide receivers. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I love that completely. You know, it's just one of those those fun scenarios. Um, I want to talk about we talked about buying high, and I know I've kind of hit that several times on this. Mung's been hitting the injured guys. John's been hitting you know rebuilds versus that. I'm buying high on Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, yeah. people are just Good writing time. off like it's his fault. Keenan Allen has missed basically the entire season. Mike Williams has missed time. You know, he, he got injured, and after that, I mean, I think there is a buy-low window on Justin Herbert, which sounds bizarre, because he was in that that Patrick Mahomes right underneath Josh Allen tier, and now I'm seeing people trying to sell. They're like, well, you know, as if they're playing the short game of a quarterback that's that good that early that's just disappearing. I've been thinking that way the entire time. I actually have Justin Herbert on some redraft teams, and he has just hasn't really been able to get it done. He used to be like automatic for 300-yard passing yeah. every week. But, yeah, the weapons aren't there. The line's been banged up. And he, They've been kind QB, of struggling. He's QB 13, which is not sexy at all. You know, but, I mean, if you look, yeah, the, he's he's just like on the fringe there. And, you know, when you get Keenan Allen back – He's got a nice stretch here coming from week 11 to week 15, all bottom 10 pass yeah. defenses. I think it's we're a good time in general. I, what I was going to suggest now, in the off season, it was, you could buy, you had to pay like Burrow in a second to get to Herbert. I think right now you could sell Burrow and get Herbert in a second. If that's, if that's yeah. your preference. And I think if you're a mm-hmm. rebuilding team and you can do that, do it. Yeah, well, that that's that's what value. I was going to suggest. Exactly that. Like in terms of a strategy here, if you kind of know the tendencies of your league mates and there's a contender sitting there with Herbert, that's getting nervous, right? You can just see the sweat building. Can I actually win with Herbert on this contending team? Maybe see if you could float something to that guy and get him someone that's playing a little bit better and more in the QB one range and get Herbert on to rebuild. Now you're talking. That would be mm-hmm. interesting. Mung, is there anybody else that we really need to add in here? I mean, we have, we have a lot of a lot of players that we're talking about buying, a lot of guys to really you know set you up for the next next couple of weeks because we're trying to hit those schedules. Is there anybody else that you're like, this is someone that I feel like I have to go out there and at least make a make an offer for? Yeah, I, I know we talked about it a little in the Patreon uh, Twitter uh, DM uh, the group thread, but I think right now you could sell Jamar Chase for Jalen Waddle plus, and someone would think that they took advantage of you by buying low on Chase when really you just bought low on Jalen Waddle, um, who's currently my number two wide receiver in Dynasty, just ahead of Chase. 
uh, partially due to the injury. And again, my rankings reflect, you know, more rest of season for contenders. Uh, so that factors into a little bit, but even looking at just the pure talent for Waddle, right? In that Miami office where regardless of what happens, we know that the talent is there with Waddle and that Mike McDaniel is going to feed his playmakers the ball. Um, and then when you look at that surrounding factor that Waddle is competing with a 29-year-old Tyree Kill for targets versus Chase competing with a 23-year-old T. Higgins, um, who's going to be around for much longer, I think that we could see Waddle establish himself closer to the number one guy, a la Justin Jefferson, um, over Jamar Chase for the next couple of years, at least. Ooh, I like it. Spicy. Um, Stay in there. I mean, I'm buying Tyreek Hill, too, on my contenders, because I think Tyreek Hill has just been phenomenal, you know, and I think the age curve is there where people are like, ah, I'm going to sell him ahead of time and try to get out there. But I mean, I have, you know, in a couple leagues, I have Michael Pittman, who I'm a little bit worried about with Sam Erlinger, where I, I, I offered it straight up Pittman for Tyreek Hill. You know, like I'm like mm-hmm. in that area. If I can stay in that same zone, I would pay a 23 first plus for Tyreek Hill right now if he was that final piece. Because when you have stable play the rest of your roster, but you can have a, a Tyreek Hill who could put up 40 any single time, that's how you win your dynasty leagues. Yeah. You guys want to hear a really gross one that probably Let's nobody wants to actually listen to. <laughs> uh, I love how you know. set that one up. Hey, nice you guys want to hear something nobody wants to hear? <laughs> Go for it, man. Uh, look, you can get Allen Robinson for a third round rookie pick right now, maybe less. Um, and it, okay. it's, it's been right. bad. I'm, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not Ew. even going to try and pretend that it's Ew. been. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I was a proponent of Allen Robinson the offseason. Definitely yes. one of my misses. Mm-hmm. Um, I had plenty of hits, but definitely one of my big misses. And thus far, he's been awful. I don't even know what he is anymore, like wide receiver 80-something on the season in fantasy probably. Um, but all that being said, he ranks ninth in red zone targets among wide receivers with 13 red zone targets on the year. That's two more than Cooper Cup has. Dude, he's wide receiver 60 just, right now, man. He's moving yeah, on up. Well, something terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but look, the opportunities are there. And if at some point later on in the year, they can establish some kind of rapport, if he can get on the same page with Stafford, then it's possible that he can still bounce back to some extent. And again, look, I'm not saying to go out and pay up for Allen Robinson, but people are just looking to get rid of him, get him off their rosters. And for a third round rookie pick, I'd be willing to take that upside swing. John, there's two guys yeah. I want, you know, you're, you're yeah. playoff John sometimes. And there's That's two right. guys here that I think you can have for a 24 first or a 23 second plus who are 30 years old, but they ball out. First one is, I think you have to buy DeAndre Hopkins. If you can yeah. get him for a 24 first, I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, I would not pay a 23 first for DeAndre Hopkins at this point, but I think he is a much cheaper high equal upside to a Devonte Adams that you're going to get. You know, you could even trade if you're trying to stay in that same area, Devonte for Hopkins plus, but Hopkins looks to be the apple of Kyler's Kyler Murray's eye right now. And then you got to look at I mean, and I I can't uh it bothers me that he hasn't played there, but Keenan Allen's not going to need an IR stint. I think he's going to be okay as a, you know, wide receiver 2 when he comes back. This is 
one that you know I love Keenan Allen. It has really broken my heart that he has not been able to get out there on the football field. But I think both guys, I think you can get Keenan for a 23 second at this well, point right. or a 24 first for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think the thing with Keenan is we know the talent's there, and he's kind of said, look, I want to come back and be 100%. So he's taking his time with it at this point in his career. But he, he should be there for the fantasy playoffs, and that's the point. And you can buy him for cheaper than Nuke right now because of the recency bias. So I get that. Tennessee, he yeah. gets the Rams, you know, he and he gets yeah. Miami in that area, and I think those are some some tasty matchups. Yeah. But but Nuke for sure. And you know I love this one because I already traded you in, in Smash One for Duke, and I went the, with my twenty five first, second, third, and and so Skoronic, I mean, come on, yeah, and Skoronic, yeah, my bad, <laughs> yeah, no no disrespect, but you know since that trade, you know a lot of validation. Nuke right now is number four in fantasy points per game on average, yep. and for the fantasy playoffs in the final, he gets Atlanta, who is dead last against wide receivers in terms mm-hmm. of fantasy points given up per game. We talked about Hollywood. I agree with Monk. I think they're going to really move it around. I even like Zach Ertz. I mean, I think all these guys are well, pretty Ertz decent is... buys right now. He's if... he's also number he's four 10. in fantasy points per game. Number four, yeah. what I'm yeah. what I'm looking at in, in Smash settings. Yeah. And he's you know he's got a nice playoff schedule ahead of him too. He's still a cheap buy. So like those for sure. You know, and this is this is the the last thing I want to comment on is I have so many people and and Mung I, I I think back to a podcast you and I did last year where we just talk about hold that first until it's time and everyone's like when is it time you know is it time to start doing it now if I, and I think my comment to that is if it is buying a wide receiver or a young upside running back sure. I bought Kenneth Walker two weeks ago for a 23 first, and I brought A.J. Brown for a 23 first. I am not buying Derrick Henry for a 23 first right now unless it is absolutely late. You know, I'm not buying a Dalvin Cook for that 23 first now. But, Mung, talk to me a little bit about when that time is, right? Like, I know it's different for every single team, but for me, it's like I don't want the risk of losing those guys for more than three weeks before the playoffs. Yeah, and I think we're getting down to the wire, right? Because, again, you guys know your leagues best, and it's somewhat dependent because you know in some of the more active leagues, someone might trade for those players before you if it's another Mm -hmm. contender. Um, So Mm -hmm. you don't want to run that risk. So you have to balance that Mm -hmm. risk assessment with, you know, is someone else going to trade for the player that I'm looking to get? And two, am I truly a contender, right? Again, I talked at the beginning of the show where, Look closer than just your record. How many points have you scored? Um, how, how many points have been scored against you? Are you truly a contender? If you feel confident that you really are you know, a locked-in playoff team with strong hopes at, at a title run, then I'm okay with pulling, a trigger, pulling the trigger you know, now for a guy like Henry. Or, you know, it's, still, it's still risky because of how talented this class is. John knows more than any of us. But at the same time, Uh, it's not going to be any less risky in two to three weeks, right? You can say, oh, I'm minimizing the risk of someone getting hurt before I pay this first round rookie pick. But at the same time, you know, players, whether it's a running back, wide receiver, whoever can twist an ankle, whatever, they can fall wrong, be land on wrong. And we just have no control over that. So I I think we're already in the point of the season where if you're, if you feel comfortable that you're a strong contender, I'm okay with making those moves at this point. 
Good insight, John. I mean, same thing. Yeah. I know this is a question we get all the time. And yep. for me, it's like, you know, I've had that offer where when this trade started, I was going to get, um, I was going to get Derrick Henry for the 107. That guy's lost four weeks in a row. And now that's the 103, you know, and, or, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, could you imagine giving up Gibbs for Derrick Henry and not winning at all? You know, and you, yeah. you have to, to plan it. You have to get creative and try you to really offer do. You- that 24 yeah, the, first, I feel like that's the win is like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'll give you a 24 first and a 23 second and try to play it off in their head because this class is special. Yeah, it, for sure. So I, I like what Mung gave for the advice, though. You got to know your teammates. You got to know the way the league has typically operated around the playoffs. When did the trade start going down? Picture yourself at a poker table, right? If you've got a hand and you 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 want to go and, and take down this pot, you got to read the table, right? If everybody's just checking, mm-hmm. you might get away with um, just sitting on the hand for a minute and not revealing anything. But, you know, when someone initiates action, makes a bet, then you might have to do something about it, right? So if somebody puts the guy on the block and finally gives up on the season and that Derrick Henry's out there, you might have to pl- quickly make a bet or play a little defense and go grab the guy, right? But that's that's the whole key here. Um, Because you could do a check raise and come over the top and and take down the pot and ultimately take down a championship. Um, So you want to wait if you possibly can. But if you're starting to get nervous, don't be the guy kind of left holding those cards. Right. That's the key. So. Ultimately, what we're all three of us are saying is message us. We'll help you out. We'll, we'll try to break it down there for you. <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, but guys, great podcast. You know, this is it's always fun when it's when it's the three of us. You get the band back together. Uh, next week, we will be launching kind of a, a side project here. You know, Fantasy Nerd Boys and at JB Under Shepherd have been doing a great job jumping in on the podcast. They're going to kind of, uh, along with myself, just doing a secondary pod called, you know, we're, we're, we're going to. We're, yeah, we're talking about Let's panic go. button. You know, we're gonna try to try something new and then let those guys run with it. You know, and that's where it's really cool seeing those guys in the Patreon really evolve from fantasy owner to analyst, if you will. You know what I mean? Like getting them into the into a, a different level and yeah, I, I dynasty gotta, kids. You're the yeah. dad, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Raise them kids grow there, up. You know. <laughs> so, that, uh, Mung, why don't you tell everybody what you're working on, where they can find you, and uh, then we'll kick it over to you, John, and then I'll do my thing. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I, I, like I said, I just updated all my dynasty rankings. Uh, you can find those over at fantraxhq.com. And you guys can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M E N G. And I'll leave you with just this. Uh, going back real quick to Geno Smith and about how John was saying there's a fairly decent chance that Smith could even be the starter in Seattle for the next few years. Uh, Right now, I know they've had a fairly easy early season strength of schedule, but um, per player profiler, Geno Smith ranks first in accuracy rating, first in true completion percentage, uh, fourth in red zone accuracy, third in deep ball accuracy, first in clean pocket accuracy and first in accuracy under pressure. I I mean, those are near MVP numbers. And so for anyone who hasn't really been watching the Seahawks games, he's been crisp with his reads. Um, He's made mistakes here and there, but he's been hitting very uh, great deep downfield passes to Metcalf and Lockett. Um, He's mobile. He's been scrambling. He's running. I think as of right now, I'd be willing to pay even the 201 or 202 in Superflex 
um, for Geno Smith. I'm not I'm not going to pay a first because there's still a lot of season left. But this is how good Geno okay. Smith's been. Okay. Dude, Mung at the 104 minute mark, just bringing Bam. the heat. Bring you know, it, dropping it. Gotta gotta listen, listen to, to the, the end, end, folks. <laughs> gotta listen yeah, you to don't, the end. You don't want to miss it. Yeah. Well, so definitely enjoyed chopping it up with you guys and getting some of this advice. I'm taking notes here too. Always learn a lot from you guys, and I love that. And I hope everyone enjoyed the show tonight. You can find me at Dynasty underscore Trades. Hit me on the DMs with the contending teams and the trades you're looking at. But also, as it's been said a couple times, I've been putting out ranks for the 2023 class, and I'm actually even looking at the 2024 class. That's what I'm going to leave you with. I understand that it's getting really pricey on those 23 firsts. Be shopping for the 2024 firsts. Class is looking good. I can help you with value, so reach out anytime. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.